Hey, New Life Church, Bronson Duke here. Thanks for listening in. The heart of our church is that you would know Jesus, that you would walk with Jesus, and you would learn how to live like he lived. We hope that this message equips you and empowers you on your journey walking with Jesus. Would you please stand for the reading of God's word? We are in Colossians 1. We'll start with verse 11b. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for all that you're doing, all that you've done. God, we believe that you're the creator of all things, that you sent Jesus to redeem and you sent the Holy Spirit to lead. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you'd come, that you'd bring your word to life in us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Hey, you can have a seat. Uh, If you're new to our church, new to our community, uh, my name is Bronson. I'm one of the pastors and one of the leaders here. And we want to say welcome. Um, our, Our goal as a church is that you would know Jesus, that you would get to spend time with Jesus, and then you'd begin to ask the question, how would Jesus live if he were me? Like if he were in your life, if you were going through the things that you're going through, uh, dealing with the situations that you're dealing with, how would he do it? And, and the amazing promise of the scripture is not just that God's called us to live in these ways, but he actually empowers us through the Holy Spirit uh, to do that. And so what we're doing right now is we're going through the book of Colossians. Uh, every year we try to go through a book or two of the Bible and teach straight through it. Uh, so right now we're in Colossians. As you saw, we're at the back end of uh, chapter 1, verse 11. And we're, we're asking this question as we go through the book, what's God's vision for my life? That's a simple way to say it. Or if you want to church it up, uh, it's what's an orthodox vision for Christian living? That's how we kind of wrote it out. And so we're asking that question is, what does God want from us? What does God want for us? And how do we live it out? Amen? And so last week, uh, we talked about uh, dealing, how, how God gives us strength and power to deal with impossible situations and impossible people. Anybody need some of that? Uh, impossible situations and impossible people. He gives us power to go through it with joy. This is one of the works of the Holy Spirit. And I didn't give this last week, and I kind of wish I had a whiteboard, Uh, but there's something Dallas Willard calls the golden triangle of spiritual transformation. Doesn't that sound awesome? Golden triangle of spiritual transformation. And it's three sides. One side, like this, this, you will not grow spiritually without these three elements. Number one, it's accepting suffering with patience and endurance. Because how much of your life do you go through and you're like, if this was just different, Anybody? Like if this part of my life was just different or if this was over and you get so distracted in that that you miss what God's doing. So number one, it's accepting suffering with patience and endurance. Number two, it's leaning on the Holy Spirit to grow up the character traits of God in your life. That's love. Say it with me if you know it. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, right? Against these things, there is no law. Y'all did pretty well on that. Um, And then lastly, the other side of the triangle is meeting God in his work with our disciplines. That's through prayer, that's through gathering together uh, in community, that's through scripture reading and all these things. And if you have those three elements, you are going to grow and transform into the image of Christ. Amen? Uh, So this week, we're going to look at thankfulness. Everyone say thankfulness. 
This is my thesis. It's this. It's that thankfulness is an overflow of our understanding of the incredible work of Jesus on our behalf. And my sermon title, uh, I'm not going to give that to you because it's going to give away the whole talk. So we'll get to that. Um, so a couple years back, I was graduating high school. And if you know my story, I lived with my aunt and uncle. And my uncle was at the table, and he had the newspaper, as one did back then. And uh, he had a newspaper clipping, and he slid it across from me, and he said, hey, what do you think about this car? I'm like, ah, it's not really my style, you know? Uh, Hyundai Accent. He goes, well, I mean, that's a pretty good deal. He was like, what, what, if I, what if I bought that car for you? And I was like, nah, it's not really my style. I don't really want that. I'll, I'll keep driving my old uh, Ford Explorer. He's like, are you serious? Like, yeah, I'm more of a, more of a truck guy, you know? And he was just baffled, right? Even now, I hope you're baffled. Me, at you know, 34 years old, I'm like, I can't believe that I did that. Uh, but, but here's the reality. I didn't want that car because it wasn't cool, right? It wasn't cool. It was common. It was normal. And, you know, it wasn't distinctive enough for me. And, and here, here's what I've found. In my own life, ingratitude comes when I have an ignorance of the worthiness of the gift I'm being offered or given. And so the ultimate irony is a couple years later, uh, my Ford Explorer started to break down, as he knew it would. And I had to go my own self to the car dealership and get a car and get a payment. And I wasn't paying cash for it, you know. And uh, I got a $181 payment on, can anybody guess what car I bought? A Hyundai Accent with no cruise control, no power windows. I mean, just the base of the base of the base. And as a younger man, I totally miss what a blessing it was to have a car that was paid for. Can I get an amen, somebody? Here's what I've found. In my own life, it can be difficult at times to be grateful for the gospel because I lose sight of how wonderful and magnificent what Christ has won for me and done for me is. It can become common. And I lose this gratefulness that should overflow from my life. And I found that in the South especially, it is easy for us to kind of fall asleep at the wheel of our faith. Amen? It's because it's ubiquitous. Like we grow up with the gospel. We grow up hearing about Jesus and how he's forgiven us. And it kind of loses its meaning. It loses its power. It loses its depth. And my hope that this morning is we just get a glimpse. This next couple weeks as we go through the book of Colossians is going to be a blast. We're about to get into some incredible stuff. And today, what I really want to do, it's going to be a relatively short message, uh, but what I really want to do is I really just want to whet your appetite for what's to come and just stir up a little bit of that gratefulness for what Christ has done for us. Amen. So what Paul is doing in our text this morning is he's painting a beautiful picture of the work that Christ has done for us. And what he's doing on the surface when we read it, we, we don't see the depth that's in there. But for, for first century Jewish people who were familiar with the story of God, there's so much meaning packed into just these two or so sentences. What, what Paul is saying is, is that Christ has begun a new exodus in Christ, and we're getting to take part in that, okay? So let's, let's look at it. So the section opens up with always thanking the Father. Now, this is not an ambiguous thanks, okay? This is specific. This is saying remember what Christ has done. There's an overflow. And so I wonder if we just take a second, it, it might be good to just start with remembering what Christ has done for you. 
like just taking a moment and thinking about like where you were. For some of you guys, it's like last week. For some of you guys, you're like, hey, I'm not here yet. That's okay, we'll get there. For some of you guys, you're like, hey, 30 years ago. But just remember where you were when you first started walking with Jesus and some of the tremendous things that Christ has done in your life. Maybe he brought healing into your life. Maybe he brought hope into your life. Maybe you were in a place where you just like were dealing with a lot of self-loathing and Christ brought you worth and he brought you value. As we get into this and we look at thankfulness, it's not like you should be grateful. Has anybody ever, has anybody ever come to you and said like, you should be grateful and you actually started being grateful? That's not how it works, right? Uh, but, but this gratefulness, this thanksgiving is an overflow that just bursts from our hearts when we grasp the magnitude of what Christ has done. And so number one, what has Christ done for us? He's qualified us. Colossians 1 verse 12, he has enabled you. Other translations say qualified you to share in the inheritance. Everyone say inheritance. That belongs to his people who live in the light. Now, as you read through and as you study the word, it's, it's important to focus in on like in the scripture, the words have meaning, right? And so things aren't just thrown in there willy-nilly. So what is the inheritance? Okay, what was the inheritance for the Jewish people? Does anybody remember? Yell it out if you remember. No wrong answers, but there are wrong answers. <laughs> the land, right? So what happened, if you go back in the story of the people of Israel, uh, they, had, they had been enslaved by the Egyptians, if you go back to the book of Exodus, and God came and said, I have not forgotten my people. I've not forgotten my promise to Abraham to make you a mighty nation. I'm going to deliver you from slavery, and not just that, I'm going to give you the land of your ancestors that you're going to possess, that you're going to live in, and in this land, there's going to be an incredible blessing upon you. God said, I will be your king, you will be my people, and you will prosper, and you will be a mighty nation, right? So, for them, that, that was the inheritance. Now, here's what we know. If you study the Old Testament, it's basically a study of human failure, right? Like if you go through and you study the Bible, it is the story of our incredible failure and God's incredible faithfulness. Like from the get-go, like it's incredible. We look back and we think, I'd never do that. We're gonna outline how we do this here in a second. But from the get-go, God's like, okay, I've led you out of Egypt. I've brought all these plagues. Have y'all seen Prince of Egypt? Okay, just bring these things to mind. Like I've brought these plagues of locusts and frogs and you know, I turned the Nile River to blood. All these crazy things happened. I brought darkness on the land and I've delivered you from Egypt, from, from the captivity. And they get into the desert and what do they start doing? They start grumbling and complaining about the food that God miraculously is causing to like grow on the ground. Just think about this. Like if you think about the story and they're like, man, I miss the meat, you know, that we had in Egypt when we were enslaved and they were beating us. That meat was really good, you know? <laughs> they just lost sight. And so for us, how does that play out? For us, we start longing for Egypt, right? Like God brings deliverance into our lives and we start, we all do it, you I do it. I start longing for, oh man, like, Back when I just did whatever I wanted to do, wasn't that great? And it's like, no, it was terrible. It was ruining your life, you know? But we just lose sight. We long for these other things. Here's the incredible work that Christ has done. Just like Israel failed, we fail. Christ has become the true and the new Israel. Christ has obeyed on our behalf. 
And through that, he's qualified us for an inheritance. Okay, so what's the inheritance? Back then for them, it's like, okay, I don't really want to move to the Middle East. Maybe some of you guys are like, I long for the land of Canaan. Maybe you do. Um, but here's what's incredible. In the Old Testament, there was a physical land promise that God would give them land and boundaries and all these things. What Christ has promised us and what God is doing through Christ in us is he's taking that promise for blessing and hope and peace that was meant for one land and he's expanded it into the nations. And so what we get to be a part of, what we're qualified for, is this inheritance of God's kingdom that's spreading all throughout the world. Yo, that is incredible. It almost sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? But if you go and you look at the language of Jesus, what did he say? God's what come? God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. He said to his disciples, go forth and make disciples of all nations and all people, that all people might know God, might know peace, might know grace. And he's qualified us for this work. Have you ever been in a situation where you knew you just didn't belong? Anybody? You're like, I should not be here. Like maybe you're hanging out with somebody who's like uber wealthy. Okay. This happened to me. I have, I have a buddy who's a business owner and I went and visited him a couple weeks ago and he owns a store and what he sells, like everybody really wants. So like everywhere we went, people were like rolling out the red carpet. You know, it's like you come into a restaurant, it's like, oh, the fi finest table. We're so glad you're here. And they're treating me like I'm somebody. I'm nobody. I'm just with this guy. You know, I'm telling you everywhere we went, it's like, oh, come into the back room, come into the office, see all these things. It's an incredible thing. Now for me, it's the first time. So I'm like, what is your life, dude? Like everywhere you go, he's like, yeah, it's pretty much like this everywhere I go. It's like, this is ridiculous, you know? But if I experienced that over and over and over again, here's what would probably happen. I would probably forget that I'm with someone great and I would start to believe that I'm great. Here's what happens for us guys. Like when you walk with Jesus long enough, it can be, I've seen it over and over and over again. One of the things that that sidelines people's discipleship is God makes you strong and you forgot where you got your strength. We have to remember that God is the one who qualifies, that God is the one who gives us a share in the inheritance, that with that comes incredible strength and incredible blessing. And we have to avoid the pride that comes with thinking that we want it for ourselves. Amen? So what, what, what Paul's doing here is he's reminding the Colossians, he's saying, give thanks God's given you this incredible inheritance, this incredible thing that you get to be a part of. Now you're children of light. Doesn't that sound incredible? Let's go to number two. Number one, he's qualified us and he's made us children of light. Number two, he's rescued us. Everyone say rescued. For he's rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. Isn't that like just such dramatic language? Uh, we're going to dig into what this means here. But this word rescue, it literally means he dragged us out of the kingdom of darkness. If you get into the Greek and you look at what this means, and th this word darkness, it's skotos, that's the, the, the Greek, and it's an ignorance respecting, respecting to divine things. And it accompanies ungodliness and immorality, and together with all the consequences and misery that comes with it. So, so what, what Paul is saying, and what he's saying to us, is that God has drugged you from the depths of darkness, and he's brought you to a kingdom of light and a kingdom of righteousness. Isn't that amazing? Yes. So, so Christ 
has loved us. He's lived for us. He's died for us. He's given us an inheritance. He's drug us out of the darkness. He's brought us into the light. He's given us purpose and meaning and hope. It's incredible the work that Christ has done. And I think so often what can happen, we're going to get to this. It's amazing. God's forgiven our sin. He's given us clean consciousness based on his work, based on his goodness. But here's what I've found. So often in in our culture, in the Bible Belt, it's all about, man, God's forgiven your sins and you're going to heaven someday. I just want to expand your vision. Like, Like God is empowering you to walk with his grace and peace and to bring that into the places and the spheres that you go with his victory. Amen? Okay, let's talk about the darkness. Have y'all seen The Matrix? Circa 1999, y'all remember that? Uh, Neo, right? He's going through his life. He's got like his boring life and he meets somebody online like they're coding or doing something like that, right? And then uh, this person kind of draws him out. I think her name was Trinity. And uh, she, she drew him to this place and he meets somebody named Morpheus, right? And Morpheus says, there's far more going on here than what you realize. And you can take the red pill or you can take the blue pill. You can take one pill and you can learn the full reality of what's going on. Or you can take the other pill and you can go back to sleep. Here's what Christ is doing in us, is he's awakening awakening us to the darkness around us. He's awakening us to the brokenness that we're in. It says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 16, it says that uh, on those dwelling in darkness, a light has dawned. What does light do? Light exposes. Light tells the truth. Light shows you what's going on. And and C.S. Lewis says that uh, Christianity is like the sun. It's not just that I can see, but it's by it that I see all things, that I see things in reality. And here's what the enemy of darkness wants to do. The enemy of darkness, which we would call the devil, wants us to live in unreality. He wants us to live into things and believe lies about what will satisfy us, what will make the world work, what will bring us true peace. And what Christ has come to do is to shed a light and say that it's through my reign and it's through my peace. I'll drag you out of the darkness and I'll show you the truth and I'll lead you into light. John Mark Comer says this. uh, He says, what if our Western world is actually blind to a whole dimension of reality? Ignorant to what many consider to be common sense. What if we're attempting to solve the problems of the world without dealing with the root cause? I don't have time to treat this with all that it needs. But in the coming weeks, we're going to hit it more and more and more. Y'all, there are dimensions of darkness in our world that are causing real physical problems. And what God's called us to do as people of light is to bring the strength and the power and the healing nature of God into these dark places. And that is incredible. According to the Bible, the root cause, according to Jesus, the writers of scriptures, the narrative of the scripture, the root cause to the main issues in our world is a dominion of darkness. And just for today, what I want to focus on and remind us of is Christ has rescued us from this dominion of darkness. He's brought us into light so that we can walk in all of the good things that he made for us. Amen? Lastly, he's transferred us. So number one, he's qualified us to share in the inheritance of God's people. Number two, he's rescued us. He's drug us from this dominion of darkness and slavery, right? Just like to continue the new Exodus thing. I almost forgot that. To continue that, right? They were brought from the kingdom of Egypt 
were delivered from the kingdom of darkness. And lastly, we've been transferred. Everyone say transferred. Colossians 1, uh, 13 through 14. And he's transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, which remember, he's the true, he's the better Israel, who purchased our freedom and he forgave our sins. So what we're going to do to close in, in our response time is we're going to take some time. We're going to take communion together. Um, but we're going to do communion a bit differently for us, uh, but in a very ancient way. And we're going to do a liturgical communion. And so this is something where I'm going to read through a few passages of scriptures. You guys are going to be able to respond. But what we're doing is we're joining in with the global church to say, this is who Christ is. This is what he's done. Uh, regardless as to the areas that I've not lived into this inheritance, regardless as the ways that I've not lived into being a child of light, he has qualified me and he has called me his son and daughter whom he loves. And so this is a time for us to just bring confession. This is a time for us to bring faith. And this is a time for us to celebrate what Christ has done for us. Amen. He's qualified us. He's rescued us. He's transferred us. He's purchased our freedom. And right now, we're going to take some time to be grateful for what he's done. And so, uh, if you could, stand to your feet all across the room. And we've got a few pastors, elders, leaders uh, who are going to go and get the elements ready for us. So if you guys want to go ahead and start moving forward and doing that, that would be great. And let me, let me walk you through what's about to happen. Listen, I know this is very new for us. For some of you guys, you're like, hey, I love this. This reminds me of a church that I grew up in. And y'all, this is just a time for us to reflect, to remember Christ, to remember his sacrifice and just be grateful. Can we do that? And so uh, here in a moment, I'm gonna take us through. If you'll go ahead and throw it up there, the Lord is here. Perfect. Let's practice. Okay, we're gonna practice this together because this is new for us. So your part's the part in yellow. I'm gonna read the part in white by myself and we're gonna respond in this way. So here's how it'll go. I'll say, the Lord is here. You're ready, okay? You're ready to do this. So let's just take a moment. Come, Holy Spirit. We thank you for all that you're doing and all that you've done. God, fill our hearts to overflowing with gratefulness. God, right now we are qualified, not based on what, what, you, what we've done, but based on what you have done. We're qualified as your people of grace. We receive your grace. God, we thank you that you've drug us from the darkness. You've pulled us into the light. You've cleansed our consciousness and you've forgiven our sins. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Let's go through this together. The Lord is here. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to praise you, Father, Lord of all creation. In your love, you made us for yourself. When we turned away, you did not reject us, but you came to meet us in your Son. You embraced us as your children and welcomed us to sit and eat with you. In Christ, you shared our life, that we might live in him and he in us. He opened his arms of love upon the cross and made for all the perfect sacrifice for sin. On the night that he was betrayed, at supper with his friends, he took bread and he gave you thanks, Father. He broke it and he gave it to them, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, we do this in remembrance of him. His body is the bread of life. At the end of supper, taking the cup of wine, he gave you thanks and said, drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, 
which is shed for you, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, we do this in remembrance of him. His blood is shed for all. We proclaim his death and celebrate his rising in glory. Send your Holy Spirit that this bread and this wine may be to us the body and the blood of your dear son. We eat and drink these holy gifts. Make us one in Christ, risen Lord. With your whole church throughout the world, we offer you this sacrifice of praise and lift our voice to join the eternal song of heaven. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. As our Savior taught us, so we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now forever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. Hey guys, thanks for listening in. I hope that this message blessed you and it helps you in your journey with Jesus. If it did, leave a comment, leave a review. Things like that help us spread the message of Jesus. Uh, if you want to connect with us, the best way to do that is to follow us on Instagram at, at NLC Downtown Little Rock to follow along with the life of our church.